welcome to the Newton Knowledge Podcast. My name is Mark Singer, partner of Newton One Advisors. Our goal is to provide meaningful content to our valued advisor community and clients who are interested in learning more about sophisticated insurance-related topics, focusing on estate planning and executive benefits. Newton One is a national life insurance planning firm, delivering customized solutions structured to help clients and their advisors engaged in solving estate planning, wealth transfer, business succession, and executive benefits challenges. We are a member of the M Financial Group, offering our clients access to the nation's most prestigious insurance carriers and innovative products available only through our network. Joining us today is Barry Church, nine-year NFL alum with the Cowboys and Jaguars. Following his lengthy and star-studded career, he's now an NFL analyst for ESPN, Sirius XM Radio host of the Players' Lounge podcast and co-host on Special Edition, Hit Sticks, and the pre- and post-game show for the Cowboys. His greatest accomplishment by far is his beautiful family. I had the privilege of playing, uh, playing ball with Barry uh, as teammates during our college years, and he's been gracious enough today to share his thoughts and his firsthand perspective on what planning looks like in the league as well as planning afterwards. So to, to no further ado, Barry, my man, how are we today? Man, doing amazing, man. And that Mark Singer out here, man. Look, look at you, man. Are you planning all this stuff? We're all grown up. We're grown up now. We're grown up now. And, man, it's, it's super dope to just see the man that you've become, man. I mean, just from when you was, you know, a young man coming into Toledo, man, to the guy you are now and the beautiful family you have, man, it's it's extremely dope just to just to see the growth that you that you've accomplished so far in your life, man. And I'm sure you still got a bunch to bunch more growth coming in, coming your way, man. But dude, it's 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 awesome. It's awesome hearing from you again, and just awesome for me being on your show, man. I'm super proud of the guy that you've become, dude. Barry, you're too kind. I brought you on here just to talk <laughs> nice about me, so I appreciate that, man. Before we jump into this, I have a personal question. So I thought, what better time to ask this during a public setting? So. <laughs> When Odell Beckham made that catch, what coverage were you guys in? And I'm guessing it was man, man you, free. You know, you know, man, you, you know the answer to that question, but you already know we were in man free, and I you already it. understand. I knew you played it. the position. I knew you it. You know. I know. I was it. just showing the good range. Yeah. That's all I was showing from the middle of the field. I was able to get to the. You were edge. there. You I saw it. You, you know, had the, the best, the, best view right there. I mean, front it, was, it, was a catch. it was one hand dude falling back. My corner, Brandon Carr was holding him and he still was able to get the job done. But in no way, shape or form were we in cover two or anything like that where I was supposed to be over top. That was man to man coverage. And I was just coming over to try to provide a little bit of help. But he ended up catching that thing. Man, that was an amazing catch. So it was, <laughs> so it was a wild experience. But we did win the game. We you did. did. Game, you did. So my assumption was right. I was like, that had to be man free or something because you were coming in late to the picture, like probably center oh, of the yeah. field. And I saw a different angle. Someone was filming from the uh, the stands and that catch was just, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, it was ridiculous. It really man. was. Ridiculous. Um, crazy. So you and I, we talked, what, two months ago, maybe we were, we were scheduling this. Um, mm-hmm. We, we talked about what, what we do a bit, but we do ensure some or have worked with some professional athletes in regards to ensuring them a couple NBA prospects, most of them in the G League for ensuring their potential future earnings, as well as their agents, because they don't they don't make any money if they uh, if they don't make it, if you will, or draft it. But we haven't dealt with any NFL guys, but this uh, situation with Damar Hamlin, how it happened like a couple weeks after you and I spoke. You know, I haven't watched the play, and I really, I'm, there's I'm really not interested in watching it. But I know you have. So, what's what's your take on the the entire situation? Man, so you know, I was I was watching the game. You know, me and my wife, we were sitting here. I think it was a, I want to say it was a Monday night, maybe, 
And uh, we were sitting there just watching the game. And as you see the play unfold, it was a routine, you know, just regular tackle. Like me and you have both made hundreds of these routine tackles. You go in there, you have your face up. And it wasn't like his his head was down and his neck was exposed or anything like that. It was a routine, regular tackle wrap up and you drag the guy down. And that to me is what made this whole situation so much scarier, man, because it was a routine play that you see guys get up a million times. And he was able to get up and kind of shrug it off like it was nothing. And then 2.5 seconds later, he just collapsed, like body, just dead weight, just collapsed. And he falls back on his head. And, you know, me and my wife were sitting there and, you know, as well was with the rest of the nation and ESPN. And we're sitting there looking like, man, what the heck was that? You know, what's going on? And then you see, you know, the concern looks on both the Bengals players as well as the Buffalo players. And you see guys crying and you see, you know, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow sitting there in disbelief. And I'm like, man, what's really going on? Because they weren't really talking about it on the broadcast. And then once you see these players crying and then you see ambulance come out and we're like, oh, man, this is something serious because it didn't look that bad. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's like the Ryan Sazier situation where maybe, you know, something in his back or spinal or maybe, you know, it's, it's paralyzed or something to where he just collapsed like that. But then you hear over, you know, the announcements that, you know, this guy had to get um, resuscitated twice. Jesus. You know, they're bringing out, they're bringing out the, you know, the AFib or whatever jacks your heart back up. And they had to do it twice because the man's heart stopped beating. You know, he couldn't get that circulation or that, that airflow, that oxygen to the brain. And it was just unbelievably scary because usually, you know, once they have you in the gurney or once they have you loading you up into the ambulance, you'll see the player give a thumbs up or yeah. wave his hand or something along that nature. But there was nothing. I mean, the guy was literally lifeless on the field. Like He, he literally passed away on the field, which was super scary. And luckily, you know, the NFL and, you know, the ambulance and the, you know, healthcare providers were able to act extremely fast because if that was you know out anywhere else i mean i'm sorry but the man probably would have passed away but they were they were able to react fast get his heart back going you know help him breathe because he couldn't breathe on his own you know they took him to the hospital and he was you know able to make a full recovery which you know that's a blessing in its own but it just goes to show you man how dangerous and violent you know this sport can be and it's scary man because they still don't have a legit answer a legit reason to why that happened you know they say it happened because you know it was just the perfect timing of the hit and the heartbeat or whatever the case may be but they still don't have a definitive answer man and that just that scares the living crap out of me man so that whole situation was you know it was devastating and you know thank god he was able to pull through and make a, a full recovery but man, I'm telling you what, that, that thing was scary, man. I have so many questions too. It's like, are they going to try and change the pads? I mean, how long has football been around? And this is the first oh, time man. this has happened, right? In football, it's, it, I feel like it may have, has, has it happened in other sports? Maybe I mean, lacrosse seen, or baseball or where? You've seen, you've seen some guys, you know, maybe have cardiac arrest, but yeah. usually that was from underlying symptoms, like something, you know, yeah. underlying. This guy was, you know, 100% healthy from what they say. And yeah. I mean, it's just scary, man, just how that happened. And then you, you talk about, you know, changing pads and all that stuff. And, it, and they could. I mean, it's, you know, the science behind, you know, the equipment for football is getting better and better yeah. each and every year. But also the guys are getting bigger, faster, stronger. These collisions are getting more and more violent. 
you know, as the, the league gets going. So it's just, man, it, you know, I don't know what you can do. I mean, you can always coach, you know, better tackling habits. But the guy had a great form tackle. You yeah. know, it was, yeah. it was a form tackle. So it's extremely scary. And I'm looking forward to what the league is going to do this offseason as far as, you know, studying the prevention of something like this happening. You know, maybe like you said, maybe it's the equipment. Maybe it's, you know, the way they they teach the game. I, I have no idea. But they got to figure out something because, you know, another incident like that and, you know, things things can go downhill extremely fast. No, I, th- I think you're spot on. I mean, it is a it's a collision sport. They're doing a lot to to change it. I would say from a, a physicality standpoint, but it is it, they're like minor little car accidents in certain circumstances. Uh, are there plans or some form of planning in place when you enter the league for situations that if you're not able to play, um, if you are injured, um, or if you're injured indefinitely, do they have any form of insurance coverages through the league, through the NFL, to protect their players? Is that all on an individual basis, based off of a, a certain planner you have to go out on your own and 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 work with? And, and I'm gonna tell you this, Mark, because I think um, it needs to be known. But the NFL, man, when it comes to life insurance or disability or anything to help their players after football, or if they have a crazy injury to where they can't play football anymore. There's no plan. Yeah. Like there's there's no plan in place. Like when you saw, when you come into the league to all right, you automatically, you know, have this life insurance or you automatically get disability or you you'll have health care for your remaining years. That's not the case. And to me, I think the NFL probably has the worst union of all sports. Because if you look at it, you know, the only way you can get some insurance once you're done playing is that you have to play over five years. You have to become a vested veteran. And to be honest with you, we all understand the NFL stands for not for long. And yeah. if you look at it, the, the, the average career of an NFL player is maybe three, two to three years. And then after that's done, you know, what are you looking at? Like, what if you suffer a catastrophic injury to where, you know, you, you got a permanent limp or you can't walk for the remaining of your days? You know, how are you supposed to set your family up for that? How are you supposed to be successful afterwards when you've only had maybe two or three years of collecting checks for the National Football League? So it's 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 an extremely tough situation because when you come in, at least this is how it was when I was playing. They might have changed it, you know, these past couple of years. But when I was coming in, there was no talk of life insurance. There was no talk of, all right, you know, you're going to get these health benefits once you play, because even after you get. You know, those first after you become a vested veteran, once you get to that point, you still once you retire, you only get five years of coverage after that. You get only five years of coverage from a place called Cigna to make sure you're taking care of all your your health needs. And that's now, that's that health. Time, that's health benefits. So it's is it life, dis, life or disability? It's not even life or uh, disability. That's just health benefits for you five years. That's five it. Years. That's it. I mean, how old are these guys when they get out? Twenty-seven, maybe. If you did, if you did the average NFL career, you're done at you know twenty-four, twenty-three, twenty-four, and you have no coverage after that because you're not a vested veteran. And even if you were a vested veteran, you're done after you know twenty-five, twenty-six. By the time you're thirty, thirty-one, your health insurance is done, and you got to start coming, you know, paying out of pocket, which is you know, it's 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 wild to me, man, and. And, it, you know, it all goes back to, you know, these players and what they value and what the importance is to them, you know, because they had an opportunity because the CBA, the collective collective bargaining agreement between the players 
and, you know, the owners and all that good stuff happens every 10 years. After the 10 years, they had an opportunity to renegotiate and try to get, you know, more health benefits, try to get life insurance, disability for those guys that don't, that don't have the Aaron Rodgers career or the Tom Brady career where they're making a boat ton of money after football or off the field. They had an opportunity to go ahead and, and try to get more in that direction. But instead, they chose to, hey, we don't want to get tested for marijuana. Like to yeah, me, that, that's, that's just, what are we doing? And, and those are the players that better. need those are the players that need it. I mean, the other exactly. guys can reinsure. They don't need the, and there are, and as, as you know, just rule a number, there are so many players that are those fringe guys or even two, even four, like you said, if they're not vested, I, I would love to know the percentage of non-vested NFL players. Oh, I'd say, I would say it's high. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be extremely high, man. Cause those are the ones that, cause they have their whole life. You know, you have this tunnel vision, you're going to make it and everything's going to be okay. Or at least everything will be really good financially for a few years, maybe depending on how you invest it or how, how your, your financial plan is set up when you're 24, 25, you'll be okay for a, a duration of time. But these guys are coming out and they're still, some of them are still kids and there's nothing in place. Right. There's nothing protection wise. There's nothing planning wise. To then, first of all, you have to go and figure out a, a legitimate career after that. It's not like you sign a contract for two, three years and you don't have to work anymore, um, especially exactly. in regards to how you spend the money. I mean, that fascinates me that there's nothing in place. I mean, are there people calling on you guys, like wealth advisors, financial planners that are, are continuously calling on, on, I'll call them fringe NFL athletes? Like, what was your experience? Because I know you've done planning because you've always been extremely smart and forward thinking. So I know you've done planning. You know, what was the process like for you and other players? Um, well, look, I'm going to be honest, because when I came out, you know, undrafted and, and you're right, you know, I, you know, I, I was able to think a little bit into the future. I, you know, I wasn't as tunnel vision or tunnel minded as, you know, a lot of cats coming in because some guys, you know, their first round draft picks are thinking, oh, you know, this football thing, you know, I'm a first rounder. So it's, it's going to happen for me. I'm going to be this, you know, star on the field and off the field. And if you look at it, man, I would I would guarantee at least 85 percent. If you're a first round or second round, it doesn't even matter. Only a few of those guys really get to those second contracts where they're getting paid a buku amount of money on and off the field. The remainder of those guys, once their rookie contract is done, you know, they got to they, they, they gotta figure things out. For me, I got lucky because... You didn't get lucky. You worked really hard. And you, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I worked I don't really hard. That. I just, you know, long and, career, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not lying about that. So I had to work really hard. But my financial guy, who I've had since my senior year at Toledo... Um, by the name of Don Sherwood. He, you know, works for Alcon Wealth. Barry, you were working with him while you were at Toledo or you were connected with him? Yeah, at least? My, so my, yeah, I was connected with him my senior year. You know, I sat down, we became, you know, I brought him to my house in Pittsburgh and, you know, family got to meet him and, you know, they really, you know, they, they really liked the guy and he was, seemed really trustworthy and he is, I mean, I've been working for him for, you know, almost 15 years now. So that's great. We got that, we got that great relationship, kind of like a uncle and nephew type relationship where, you know, he looks, he looks after me. So long story short, he's the guy that kind of put it in my mind that, Hey man, you know, if things don't really work out the way you planning it to, you gotta have a fallback. You gotta have something to, to make sure that, you know, to basically ensure yourself, like yeah. that, that making sure that, you know, you have something after football. So he was the one that kind of talked me into, you know, getting the Pacific life insurance and making sure, you know, I got a plan B because like we all know, football, it, it's not going to last forever. And, you know, 90% of those guys aren't going to get second and third contracts. So he was really the one that talked me in 
to making sure I have a backup plan for myself. And then when I started having my family, you know, making sure that they're taken care of, if anything, God forbid, what happened to me. And so that was my, you know, my experience with it. You know, I got a financial guy that was really trustworthy and really forward thinking and helped me, you know, kind of get over that hump. But you see it happen hundreds and hundreds and thousands of times where people don't have that good financial guy. You know, some people just, you know, the financial guy will come to you, talk to you for two seconds. And then, hey, when the moment you don't bring in, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars to him and his firm, you know, they, they stop talking to you. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of those guys, they don't have that same experience that I had. And it's really tough for them because not only is their career, you know, was their career a lot shorter than mine and, and money, you know, as far as money is concerned. But, you know, after that, you got to think, you know, where am I going to get this health insurance for my family? You know, where am I going to get these benefits? Something has to happen. So, you know, I, that, that's the reason I say I got lucky because I had a lot of great people in my corner to help me get over that hump and to help me realize that life is bigger than just, you know, playing on a football field. You got to make sure you go out there and handle yourself and your family as well. And I say, you know, it changed a lot of mindsets, you know, from when I played, because when I played, it was all football, football, football. That's it. Now you see, you know, a lot of these cats, a lot of these young football players, they're like building brands. Entrepreneurs, building right? Businesses, yeah. Entrepreneurs. Exactly, yeah. And you see it. You see it all the time now. These NFL teams are setting these young guys up with, you know, internships here, internships there. So I believe it's starting to turn for the better. Um, but when I first got in, there, there was none of that. There was none of that building of a brand or you got to, you know, it's more than just a game. You got to have these businesses offside, outside of football. There was none of that. It was all tunnel vision and what can you do for your NFL team. But now it's starting to change a little bit. And they're starting to realize that, hey, yourself is, you know, you got to look at yourself as a brand, look at yourself as a business and try to maximize the mu- as much as you can from yourself as well as others around you. And that was almost like sneered upon if you were doing other things outside of just trying to be a better football player. Um, oh, you know it. And, you know it. I mean, even in college, but now it's it's almost like you have to strike while, while the iron's hot, right? You, you're That's you're a player, and you, you can set up a, a side business doing whatever. If you're whatever these guys are, some of these people are doing now. But um, it's interesting to hear how it's changed during because you what you played nine years, right? Was it? Yeah, nine? I was yeah. 20, 2010, um, and then to twenty nineteen. So yeah, it was. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, twenty eighteen. So yeah, it was uh, nine years. Nine years. I wonder if it was almost better or in your favor to be kind of that, you know, under the radar. You you were good enough. I mean, you obviously you you were good enough to play in the league, but to not be a high a high, you know, a second or third third rounder, but get a mm-hmm. chance to because then you get those advisors who are more relationship driven versus uh, yes. we, we need to we need to plan for for the Aaron Rodgers or, or those guys. Um, and, yes. and if those assets don't follow through, it may not be worth their, you know, the juice isn't worth their, their squeeze. So, um, they're on to the next. So almost, you know, I wonder if that was beneficial in your favor, being that, that guy who was on the fringe, um, and then obviously having the lengthy career you had. 100% right. I mean, you look at it, you, you got a lot of those guys that big time first rounders or, you know, they're big time, you know, prospects coming out and they sign with these agents slash financial guys who, don't really have their best interests at heart. You know, I I got, like I said, I got lucky because my financial guy was more family oriented and it was only me and maybe, you know, six other guys. So we got his full undivided attention. You see a lot of these guys, when they come in, 
they go with their financial guy. He may have, you know, 100 or 150 different clients. So you may only talk to him, you know, once a month. And to me, that's that's ridiculous. Like I call my guy at least, you know, once, maybe even twice a week. I got to know what's going on financially. I got to know everything. Like, And that's just how I am. Like, I, you know, yeah. I don't want to do too many things. You know, I'm not a great multitasker, but you put maybe one or two you know, things in front of me. All right. I can make sure this is right. And that's right. And then we go from there. But. Yeah, a lot of these guys, man, they sign with these big time, you know, firms and they get treated. If you're not the top dog at that firm, you know, you get kind of thrown to the wayside. And I've seen it happen, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. So, like you said, I, you know, I got 100 percent lucky with that, with a great guy to be able to, um, you know, basically guide my career until I got to the point where, OK, now I can understand this a little bit better. So we're more like partners now instead of just a mentorship. So that's the way it should be, man. Uh, it, regardless of the business you're in. I mean, I've been in yeah. the industry, what, the insurance industry now for 10, 10 plus years. And I've seen both sides of it. I've seen those transactional types of engagements and discussions. And it's just, it, it may work for a bit, but in terms of cultivating true, meaningful relationships um, and sustaining it and building a, a, a business and a practice that that's fruitful for you and your clients, uh, it's got to be relationship driven and you truly got to care and it's got to be comprehensive planning. Okay, so I want to talk about your, the leader of your family, Marcia, cause she's the, yes. she's the captain. And, um, <laughs> she owns her, she just opened her own practice, right? Speech pathology. Yeah. So that's yeah, fantastic. Going on a year now. Yep. She has started her own private practice. Um, she's a speech language pathologist, got her master's and all that. And, and before I even met her, down here, um, you know, she was working for a business called Therapy 2000, which basically she was in charge of all the Dallas independent school district. She would be the ones that go in there and evaluate these kids and make sure, you know, hey, do they have she can you know tell if they had autism or they needed some just they were just slow developing or, you know, maybe they you know, something else was going on in there. So she was able to go in there and do all that. And she did that for a number of years. And then we got to the point where, you know, my football career it started to take off. And, yeah. you know, we wanted to start to have a family. So we sat down, we talked a little bit and, and I wanted her to know that, hey, you know, right now we have the opportunity just because, you know, I'm playing good. Things are going well to where when we have these kids, you know, I would prefer if you were to, you know, stay at the house and raise them, because, you know, nothing wrong with daycares or anything like that. I was raised in a daycare, but, you know, I wanted my kids to be around my wife. So I wanted that to happen from when they're little to where, you know, then they go to school. But we were able to do that. And so, you know, she put her career on hold for me, you know, thank God. And um, their kids grew up with her and grew up with myself in the house. And then, you know, now they're able to go to school and she was able to start her private practice. And thankfully, you know, things went well for my career and I was able to be that, you know, financial backer for her, for her business to start a business to kick it off. And, you know, the first couple months, it was a little rocky just because, you know, she, she's the first time business owner, you know, she worked for therapy 2000 all those years, but it wasn't her company. So now that it's become her company, you know, those first couple months, they were a little rocky, you know, it was always kind of, Oh, I need more money for this or oh, I need more money for that. But then once she got her client, you know, base up and she started getting these schools and these preschools to pay her to come in and do all the work by herself. I mean, it took off, man. It took off unbelievably. And now she's to the point where she has so many 
clients that she has to get employees. So she has about three or four employees now. And the company is really taking off because if you look at it, I mean, there's always going to be a need for speech, you know, a speech pathologist out there. You know, there's always going to be a need for that. So her company is taking off great. And I'm super proud of the mom and the businesswoman that she's become. Oh, for sure. And it sounds like you guys are a good team to no surprise. Uh, which is oh yeah, which I mean she huge. she holds me down, man. <laughs> <laughs> which is huge. So what's so what's yeah. what's um we're, we're coming up on thirty minutes, and I want to I wanted to let you plug anything. What what's new for Barry Church aside from all this co-hosting with with ESPN and the pre and post game show for the Cowboys? What what else is in store for you and your family? You know, I love my what I'm doing now as an analyst. You know, just to stay around football because. I mean, you might as well work in the field that, you know, you've had so many reps at. So, you know, I love what I'm doing as far as being an analyst for ESPN, XM Radio, being a co-host for all those Dallas shows. Um, But now I'm starting to, you know, dibble, dibble a little bit into uh, real estate. So nice. got a couple properties, got a couple properties down here in Dallas, you know, I'm renting out and then I got a, um, some land out here as well that I'm buying and holding just to see, you know, if I can get my feet wet in that game and just to see what's going on on that, um, that aspect of the business. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking real forward to it so far. It's been going great. You know, my tenants are great. You know, it brings me a nice little return each and every month. So to me, it, you know, it all comes down to multiple streams, you know, multiple streams of income because uh, you never want to be caught if something you know, crazy were to happen at one job or you're no longer working there. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket, man. So to me, it's all about multiple streams of income and um, I'm starting to fulfill that now. Diversification, man. Forward thinking, Barry Church, always on to the next. I love it, dude. I really do. Um, this is this has really been great. I, I appreciate you coming on here. It's always good to catch up. Please tell the family I said hey, and we will uh, we'll catch up soon. Heck yeah, man. We got to have you and the fam down here in Dallas, man. We got to have y'all check us out, man. Once the uh, once the playoffs are over and everything, well, you guys uh, you guys beat up on Brady. So oh, once man. the Eagles, you know, you know, man, Cowboys. Uh, oh, here yeah. we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, all right. I, I appreciate it, Barry. We'll uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks again. Oh, man. Anytime you need me, give me a call, brother. No doubt. Material and opinions voiced are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what is appropriate for you, please contact a member of our team.